Perfect. So, hello, I'm Alexander Crocus, and this is the Weekly Apex. Today I'm joined by Alan Stevens in Newcastle. How are you today? Very good, thanks, Alexander. How are you? Rather well. Cold. <laughs> okay, we're warming up over here at the moment. We're going into our summer, so different side, the opposite side of the world to you. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. So would you like to tell the audience what you do for a living? Yeah, I'm a, um, a profiler by uh, profession, which means I help people to be able to read other people more effectively, not just for, as you know, most people look at it, for trying to catch people out for telling uh, lies, for instance. Um, it's more about being able to recognise someone's personality, understand them so that you then know how to speak to them, and be able to build stronger relationships with them in pretty much all areas of their life, whether it be in business, raising their children, or in their personal relationships with their partners and uh, relationships in the community. That seems interesting. So when did you get in? So yeah. So when did you get into doing that? Uh, well, it's been a progression uh, through my life. I've uh, worked in so many different areas. I've been thrown into all different types of situations. At the age of 23, I was put in charge of a group of men who are all older than me. I've left Sydney and went to Newcastle, which is about 160 kilometres north of Sydney, and put in charge of those men. My second in charge was 38 and I was 23. I had to get them on side. So that's when I really started looking at, well, I had to understand people. In my uh, mid-30s, I joined the surf club and became a surf lifesaver. And it wasn't long before I became a patrol captain, then club captain in charge of the, uh, the club itself, and then a zone supervisor looking after three clubs. But now pretty much the same age as everybody else who were on the committee. But as they pointed out, I was the least experienced, but I'm the one who's telling them what they had to do. So it went from being the youngest in uh, business to now the least experienced in the industry. And then in my uh, late 30s, my first wife left. I had three sons to raise on my own. They were 4, 11 and 12. So I went through uh, a lot of situations in my life where I just had to learn to understand people more effectively. And I started, first of all, with um, uh, understanding body language, then moving into profiling people with questionnaires like Myers-Briggs and DISC and those sort of systems. And then uh, did my NLP Masters, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is using words to uh, facilitate different responses from people and to uh, build different connections. And uh, back in uh, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, I had um, working with a company that taught currency trading. None of their people had made any money or their students, so they brought me in. I used all the different profiling techniques I had at the time. And I realized that people were trying to second guess. When you ask some questions, I'll try and tell you what they think you need to know, what they think they want you to know. And I needed a better system, which meant I had to go looking and I found uh, face profiling. So your facial features that tell me your personality, which means I can profile somebody from their photographs, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, websites or wherever. And if I can see your face, I've got your personality. Then when I'm talking to you, I've also got your body language and expressions on your face that now tell me 
uh, your emotions. First of all, have I read you right in the first place? Is there something going on emotionally? And thirdly, at the end, other end, are you telling me the truth? And so I've used the, uh, the facial features to tell me the personality and then your expressions and body language that tell me what the rest of what's going on when I'm actually speaking to you. And I've put all that together over the years and uh, I've been known as um, uh, leading authority on reading faces globally by Disney Films and Gillette for their Star Wars launch it's, and also the Guardian newspaper in England. And I've been working with the Federal Police and the Australian Tax Office in, uh, since uh, around that date and now working with businesses of all sizes, parents and uh, school teachers. So, in my mind, I'm thinking that you can... It's basically a higher form of judging a book by its cover. Yeah. See, everybody profiles everybody. We look at people and we make judgments. And that judgment can be based on the nonverbal indicators that we're unconsciously picking up, or it can be based on that person looks like somebody who's done the wrong thing by me in the past, and therefore I would turn around and prejudge them. And because I prejudge them, I then respond to them in a certain way. And what I do is I create a self-fulfilling prophecy because they pick the energies up and therefore they behave that way. And so I can either read them correctly by picking up the nonverbals and understanding what they are, or I can misjudge them with my biases of somebody else uh, from my past. And so all I do is remove that uncertainty to be able to read and recognise exactly what is being shown at the time. And I then teach other people to do just that as well. I see now. So here's the first... Well, <laughs> I forgot to ask a question earlier. It was, a, where are you from? <laughs> Well, in fact, not a problem. Uh, originally from Sydney, I came to Newcastle in 19, uh, sorry, when I was 1975, I think it was, when I was about 23. And uh, I've been here in Newcastle ever since. It's a nice little uh, spot, a uh, lot of beaches, uh, very uh, laid back area compared to the capital cities, largest regional city outside of a capital city in Australia. Stayed here, I was only supposed to be here for five months and I haven't gone back to Sydney since. I've stayed here ever since. Yeah, I've been to, well, I've been to Newcastle before. Mm -hmm. I flew, I actually flew into Sydney and then we made a detour to Newcastle and then we went straight to Perth from Newcastle. Yeah, so I believe that uh, part of your background is that you do have Australian uh, heritage as well of some form. A fair share. No. I know the slang at least. I know it enough to know the slang and understand <laughs> and understand their jokes. Yeah, we do have a, a particular type of sense of humor. It is a um, uh, an acquired taste at times. A lot of people at my schooling they have they say I have a very different sense of humor than they than they do because I grew up with Australian humor my whole life. That's brilliant. Yeah. So on to the first question, the first well, real question. <laughs> um, how do you think you positively impact the world? Well, I know there's a whole bunch of things that I'm doing at the moment, but if I look at, first of all, working with individuals, 
as I said, from somebody's facial features, I understand their personality. And there are certain traits that are passed down from your parents when you're born. And there are certain traits that you develop in response to your environment. So I profile everything from young children. And I've um, a, lot, a lot of the clients I have have been long-term clients. I've done uh, work with them. And 10 years later, they're still doing testimonial videos because of the responses and the changes in their lives. If I profile a child, it could be just a mismatch between the parents. They're not connecting. It could be a child with um, uh, conditions like Asperger's or autism. And the more that you understand someone's personality and talk to them in the way that uh, matches their personality, the better connections we have. And so uh, that's the first area. But my whole life has been about building relationships. And I also run a group called the Campfire Project, uh, which is a group originally for men, but we've got women in there as well. It was originally designed as a safe place for men to be able to come along and tell their uh, stories, give themselves permission to share what they've been through in a safe environment. We've had panel discussions. I brought women into that as well and done one-on-ones with them and then brought them into the panels. In two and a half years, we've had 225 one-on-one discussions, about an hour each, and also uh, 92 um, panel discussions where four of us on screen together discussing every uh, subject you can think of. And just recently, the work I've been doing, I've been a finalist in six uh, awards around Australia, some of them uh, national Australia and New Zealand uh, for the work that I've been doing. So I know that when people have the skills of reading other people and they do it in a respectful way to build a relationship, people get results. In business, they make more money. Uh, People are happier at work. If they're happier at work, they're also happier at home. So there's less domestic violence because partners are getting on with each other. If they're getting on, then all their, also their kids are um, benefiting from that as well. If the kids are happy, there's less bullying at school and other areas. And uh, anybody can lead, learn these skills. At the moment, my 12-year-old granddaughter is my youngest uh, student. And in fact, the work we're doing together, she's going to partner with me on a couple of projects. So at the age of uh, 12, going on 13, she'll be um, having her own business running, running that as well. And so anybody who can connect with anybody more effectively, I know that's a positive um, effect on the, on the world. I'm 14 and I have a media production company. They're producing exactly. radio shows and podcasts. Mm. And so that's what I love about it. This is why I'm so uh, proud to be invited in to have, do a webinar with you because the way I look at it is the future of the world is always on the next generation that's coming through. And the responsibility of the older generations is to facilitate and uh, nurture the younger generations in the most positive manner because you're going to bring your gifts to the table which, and then put them with ours. You're going to create something greater than we've been able to create in our lifetime. So I love to see uh, young people starting their own businesses. We need more entrepreneurs. That's how the world's going to move forward. The name of the company I have is rather weird. <laughs> it's called Raging Aussie Media. Love it. It's out in the open. Mm. But yeah, because I don't want it to just be, because I don't want the podcast being just, this was produced by Alexander Crow because I want it to be produced by a company. So I decided to start the company, offer mm. services for other people too, and then do my own stuff. 
and that I really commend and I say to all your listeners as well, everybody has got a gift. This is one of the things that most people don't realise that with other profiling systems, we put people into boxes like Myers, Briggs, Disc and everything else and we, or we give them titles. And the fact is there are no two people on the planet who are identical everybody's different and therefore if everyone's different everybody has a particular gift that nobody else has got and that includes you know kids that we label or anybody we label with autism and asperger's or anything like that every one of them have got a gift and if we take the time to find that gift in them then not only do we help them make their lives better but we also enrich our lives as well so everything i do and people say oh you're helping a lot of people i'm helping myself at exactly the same time because I enrich the quality of the relationships I have around me of all ages. You see, that's what I like about seeing people on the outside, but also you can see them on the inside by the way you look into them. That's it. See, and that's what most people fuss about. They worry about their outward appearance. They worry about the, what the world is seeing because they, they think this is what the world wants. In reality, what the world wants is for each and every person to be genuine, to be themselves. And yes, some people won't like uh, that uh, version of you, but there's a lot of people who will. And who do you want to be around? The ones that like you or the ones who don't like you? you know? And everybody's different. So there's always going to be lots of people who don't like who you are. But if you can be who you are, then you're going to be happier in yourself and you'll attract the right people around you so you have a better life. I always say to people, let the mask go, put it aside and uh, really appreciate who you are because you have a gift, no matter who you are, that nobody else has got. Find that gift, recognize it and pat yourself on the back for it and be and respect and honor it and attract the people around you who want to, want that around them. As I say to people, don't hang around people who tolerate you, uh, hang around people who celebrate you. And life completely different when you do that. That's absolutely true. Because I try to let people see what I am on the outside as I am on the inside. Mm. See, in that way, then the people like what they see on the inside, you've got a great relationship. You enjoy their company and they enjoy yours. Why would you want to be somebody else who you're not to attract people who um, don't like the real you? but don't really connect with the uh, the fake you as well because the fake you is never genuine. It's never consistent. There's too much hard work putting a mask on. Except nowadays. I realise that. <laughs> because where I'm at, we're still in lockdown. Hmm. Well, you've been in lockdown since March. I haven't it's been able to go to school, so i got to do it online. Hmm. So I've gotten to know how to use a Zoom thing real fast. <laughs> yeah, some a lot of skills that we've learned along the way. But we've been lucky in Australia. I know that some other parts of the world will be laughing about it when we turn around and we go, oh, we're worried about this and we're worried about that. The total number of um, uh, over the whole period of people who have uh, contracted uh, COVID would be less than uh, a lot less than what, any part of America's, America's had in one day. Here's so we're a pretty uh, safe run because we're we're an island. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you close the borders on the island, nothing comes in and nothing goes out. So we've been extremely lucky over here. But one of the things we have learnt is through uh, Zoom has been to um, 
uh, connect with people around the world. You know, we might be physically distanced, but I'm more socially connected than I've ever been before in my life. And we're talking to people in every continent, like I'm talking to you today. This is, and this is a gift uh, that we've all received through COVID, is the ability to be able to really connect with people with Zoom, see them, and talk uh, real conversations and see each other as we really Excuse me. But, yeah, where my grandparents are, they've only had a, they've only gotten 28 cases altogether. Mm. We, my county, which is like the Shire, it's, we've gotten up to hundreds in a week, in a week. That's it. And this is where, as I say, Australia, we've been extremely lucky. We took some pretty strong uh, uh, steps when it first uh, hit. Um, and that well, the pressure on families has been more uh, the, the, uh, the physical distancing people. And we kept on using the word social distancing, which was totally wrong. That caused a lot of problems for people because we are social beings and we should have been talking about physical distancing. The more that we um, take the physical distance to keep ourselves healthy is one thing, but being connected to people through conversations, using because the internet's a real gift for us to be able to use that, and using social media to in a social manner as opposed to using it the wrong way, which we've been doing for a long time. Because social media is not the problem; it's the people using the social media. Yeah. Okay, so during the first part of COVID, me and my family were actually thinking about going to Australia just so I can do my, so then I can actually just take a break from all the COVID stuff. But then getting into the country now is the problem because once they close the uh, the airports, it's very hard. You've got to have a, a, you know, a, a genuine reason like being a, 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 um, a resident of Australia who's trying to get back to Australia. It's, yeah. Uh, Give it time, though. We'll be back flying again. Yeah. What is your vision with your with the thing you do? Well, one of the things is that it took a long time to be recognised. I looked at a lot of the different areas I was working in. You know, I've been a massage therapist, a therapist, aromatherapy, sound therapy, colour therapies. I've had a lot of firsts in my life in introducing things in different parts of the world. When I put the uh, profiling together as I'm doing it now, it's a number of different skills, the micro-expressions that were uh, researched and brought together by Paul Ekman over there in California, the facial features, which were originally American as well as far as that origin, but I'm now connected with other profilers around the world and looking at their systems and how we integrate them. Uh, and uh, I put, by putting uh, all the number of different processes together, like facial features, tell me the personality, then the language, how do we use it, the NLP, the body language and expressions, those four skills and became rapid trait profiling, which is now unique worldwide. So I'm looking to create and train my competition because we need more people doing it, but they have to be doing it right. Because we've had, as I say, the fastest growing industry on the planet is technology and we're more connected by our devices than we ever have been before, but we're less connected to ourselves and each other. And so the second fastest industry was uh, coaching. And we know that a lot of people who uh, go into, say, life coaching haven't worked through their own stuff. They've done a weekend course, and now they're trying to coach other people. And so I wanted to make sure that those that then start to uh, use what I'm doing and start coaching others 
have to be doing it right. So I've really got a moral obligation to create and train my own competition and train them to the highest possible level with an expectation that when they finish their training, they will be better than me. So they bring their skills to the table. They put all my skills and everything I've got to offer them together. And then they can go into their particular industries and start to train. So that, well, as they say, what you do for yourself dies with you, but what you do for others and for your community is and always will be eternal. And that's my approach to things is making sure that, you know, when I leave the planet, I leave it in a better place than I found it. And that the only way you do that as a leader's job is to make themselves redundant. Promote everybody up to your level so you can then go on and do something else. Otherwise, you make yourself indispensable. You've made a prison for yourself. And I want to make sure that there's a lot more things in my life I want to do. And in doing that, we need other people taking over what I'm doing. And so I want to make sure that I bring the best people through to be able to do that. You see, I'm a Boy Scout, which I'm proud to be one. Like, you know, if it, you believe, what I live by is you'll leave something better than what you found it as. That's exactly right. So if we do that, then we're leaving a legacy. Uh, if we just do things for ourselves, you know, like some people just out there to make money, they just want to buy things and have things around them. But not one of them will go to the grave going, I just, I wish I had more things. They'll all go to the grave and they all do saying that I wish I had better relationships. I'd had that better relationship with my father, my mother, or my friends, etc. I wish I'd had more people around me. You can only build it up. Nothing more lonely than uh, going to your uh, funeral and you being the only one there. So you got it. If you don't have a very good connection with your father, your mother, you can build it up, though. You can build it up so that you have the same connection that you had 20 years ago. That's it. Well, see, I've got people in the Campfire Project now who are interviewing their fathers, and their fathers are in their you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And we've had uh, one uh, uh, gentleman who did that, and then his nine-year-old son decided he wanted to interview uh, uh, his father. So Scott, first of all, interviewed Lee, who was his father, and then Oscar decided he wanted to interview his father, uh, Scott. And he came up with 19 questions, and one of them, well, they're all pearlers, but one was a real beauty, and that was, uh, Dad, why is it you can give to everybody else but you find it so hard to receive? And the conversations and the wisdom passing backwards and forwards, not just down from the generations but coming back up from the younger generations, everybody's learning and everybody's coming closer together. Their lives are becoming richer. And we do that by communication and being vulnerable and being willing to share our stories. Now here's the long term. What's your mission with your with your with what you do well it will be as i said uh leaving that legacy i want to get my skills into the hands of every school teacher originally in australia but i'd like to see that in the hands of every school teacher worldwide because if a a teacher can read a child and understand their personalities they know how to talk to each one of them so that the kids understand things more effectively they had a better time at school if they got a better time at school they'll be more productive They'll, uh, and help them go into the careers that will match their personalities, not just fill jobs for employers, but go into a career where they're happy so that they're happier uh, in that work and therefore happier in their personal lives. And that then feeds the next generation in a positive manner. But then uh, it's also getting my skills into every industry. 
because I know that when people read each other more effectively and they communicate better, you get rid of all sorts of problems. You get rid of domestic violence. You get rid of bullying. In fact, two young fellas who were originally my younger students, I was 14 and 15, that I trained in my master program. One of them was a bit of a cheeky character. He was using it to profile the teachers. And I said, well, how's that working for you? He said, well, I can pick my marks better. So I'm having a lot more fun and not getting into as much trouble. But the other one that one I was really interested in was he said, I'm profiling all the other students at school. And I said, and what are you getting out of that? He said, I understand them better. And I said, okay, what is that understanding giving you? He said, tolerance. So immediately any of the bullying that was going on around him disappeared. He understood the other kids. He knew how to communicate with them and those that were bullying him stopped. And any that he was being bullying before, he understood them better. So he didn't want to bully them anymore. And that's the potential. So having teachers that understand it and then the, the school students, to, well, the kids to understand it, that's when we will change uh, the world. Now on to the banter. <laughs> that's right. Here's, here's some random questions I came up with. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite sport? Uh, well, for me, it's it's not so much comp- competition uh, sports, but swimming, because that's something that I can do myself. I do enjoy um, uh, tennis because it's fast moving, watching a game of tennis. I'm at that age now. I'm 69, getting close to, uh, you know, not long before I'll be 70. And with that, you now the body doesn't get me around in competition sports. I'm not that quick anymore. But uh, watching tennis and uh, swimming myself, keeping that fitness level up. My grandmother plays tennis. She likes, tennis. she likes it because it keeps her active. That's it. Well, you know, I've put my uh, body through the mill over the years. I've um, rock climbing, motorbikes, surf boats. I've, uh, as I used to say to people, if you want to look up the word crash test dummy in the dictionary or in Google, you'll find my photograph next to it <laughs> because I've put, you know, just beaten my body up so much. And now at my age, I'm starting to feel it. No, that would be me. Mm. That's why swimming is good. I don't, you know, I'm floating in the water. It's not so bad. Favorite band or artist? Well, I'm a little bit of an oldie. I do like uh, things. Like, this will be a lot of your audience won't ever heard them before, but uh, people like Joe Cocker, uh, the old um, uh, everything. Actually, even uh, um, uh, Sam Cooke back in the fifties. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. I listen to the old stuff. Here's something for you. <laughs> Recently, I brought back my Australian heritage and started listening to Slim Dusty. <laughs> There's some classics in there as well. If you could bring a group of people to a coffee house, two dead and two alive, who would you have? Who would you have come with you? Well, that doesn't make sense. Who would you want to come with you? Hmm. Uh, well, that's a really good question because, uh, well, Mother Teresa passed away. I'd love to uh, have more of uh, here. There's also a mate of mine in uh, uh, London who is alive, and he used to work with Mother Teresa, Ma- uh, Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Conversations with him are always unique. There's some brilliant uh, knowledge that comes out of that. On the business side, Sir Richard Branson. Because I think he's, right he's my attitude. dream podcast guest. Yeah. Because he's got the right attitude. He's, you know, he follows my uh, theory as well, which is 
if you really want to build an organization, you focus on your employees. You don't focus on your customers because your employees are the ones who deal with your customers. If they are happier, your customers are happier. And so having conversations with him, I think it'd be quite enjoyable. Uh, Nelson Mandela, because yeah. there's some great things from there. Uh, and uh, and the, as I said, the two people alive would be uh, Kenny Mamarella de Cruz and uh, uh, Joe Cox, uh, sorry, um, Sir Richard Branson. What is your favorite color? Uh, blue. Favorite food? Oh, I'm very partial to Australian baked dinners. You know, uh, roast lamb, potatoes, gravy, vegetables. You're making me hungry. Because <laughs> I, I eat a lot of Australian dishes even over here. Yeah, well, uh, a so, slow-cooked uh, piece of uh, lamb with mint sauce and everything else so it virtually falls to pieces on the as you pull it off the bone with the fork uh nothing better than it favorite drink oh i think my favorite drink just recently i started drinking a soft drink called uh, kabucha which is um don't ask me to spell the name of it either um it's a uh, a soft drink but without all the sugars and everything else in it but it's quite uh tasty different uh, mixtures of uh, different fruits how many siblings do you have i've got i uh, would have had uh, an older sister who was 10 years older than me but she died when she was 22 months old but i have uh, one uh, surviving sister who's two and a half years older than me she's in her early 70s now and still teaching at school wow here's something for you where would you want to, you can travel anywhere, where would it be? I'm really partial to finding out more about, um, more of a spiritual journey. I've, you know, I've been involved in a lot here in Australia with the Aboriginals. In Australia, it's going out bush with them, but overseas, it's more around Asia. I'd like to go into, not so much into the cities. I've been to Osaka and you know, capital cities around Asia, but getting out into the countryside. Spending time with the uh, uh, the locals and finding out about their cultures and sitting and talking, sitting with the monks. Because I've got an affinity with, uh, even though my background is uh, Christian background, I'm involved in Aboriginal initiation, etc. Uh, but I do want to. I'm involved with the Buddhist community, so finding out. I just like sitting and learning from people of all ages. So, and a good place to do that would be around Asia, out of the capital cities, into the country. Great. So thanks for coming on the show. It was great oh, talking to you. It's been my pleasure. And uh, all the best with it because I know you've just started out and uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, following your history as you go along. Yep.